Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. We are going to talk about the exact formula for momentum and what that means to you. We're also going to talk about five things you can do, five things I do regularly when we are struggling with consistency. So it was a few months back that I was with my mastermind group, my Primal Potential Mastermind, Action and Accountability Focused. And we were having a conversation about momentum. And I shared a definition for momentum that helps me a lot. And it says that momentum is discipline in action. Momentum is discipline in action. And the reason I like it so much is that often discipline can be more of a thought thing. And I don't think that's effective. I just think that's where a lot of people stop themselves. Knowing what they want to do, knowing what they should do, having a plan, having a process. But they're not in momentum because their discipline is planned, projected. It's theoretical. It's not in action. Now, let's say that... I wake up in the morning and Chris has Roman, so I've got a three-hour block of time to work. And I sit down and I don't open Facebook. I don't check email. I just go right to that first thing and I work on it until it's done. And at that point, I move on to the second thing. I don't go make myself a cup of coffee. I don't get a snack. I don't fold the laundry. I move right to the second thing and I get it done. That discipline in action is required for momentum. I like that. It's easy for me to identify what I can do to have change feel easier when I think of it as discipline in action. I can ask myself, all right, food-wise, what would discipline in action look like today or look like in the next few hours? For example, as I record this, it's about two in the afternoon, I already had lunch. We are doing family dinner at five. What is discipline in action in regards to food? What does that look like for me for the rest of the day? Well, that means maybe I have water, a cheese stick before dinner, pregnant, so, you know, I can count on being hungry when normally I probably wouldn't be in that time interval. And when we go to dinner, 
not have the bread, drink a couple glasses of water, order a salad and a side of meatballs. Perfect. Done. Easy. When I get home, have more water, go right to sleep. It's concrete. It's tangible. Fitness-wise, what's discipline in action look like for me for the rest of the day? Well, it means finishing up this recording, going to the gym so that I can get time in home to get, get home in time to take a shower before dinner. Easy. When we are in action, we are dramatically closer to momentum. So I'm sharing this with the group. Momentum is discipline in action. And somebody raises a really great question. She said, then why does it sometimes not feel like momentum even if I'm being really disciplined? Like I'm doing things, I'm going through the motions. But to me, momentum, this is what she said, momentum is like flow. It feels easier. It's not as hard. There's not as much resistance. If that's really true, that momentum is discipline in action, how come being in action doesn't always feel like momentum? And the first thing that came to my mind, just as an idea, not suggesting that I have all the answers here, is I said, you know, it could be a couple of things. It could be as simple as you're overtired. And everything feels more challenging when we're overtired. And maybe tomorrow, if you're energized, it's going to feel a lot different. But in my life, parenting is harder when I'm tired. Communication is harder when I'm tired. Making great food choices is harder when I'm tired. Focusing on work. So I said, maybe for you, a piece of the momentum equation is rest. Or I said, it could be an attitude thing. You're just in a phase having a day where for whatever reason you have a crappy attitude. This sucks. I don't want to do it. Why do I have to do this? It's easier for everybody else. And if you can identify that, that you have a crappy attitude at that moment, then maybe you're able to see in real time or reflecting back that for you, attitude is piece of the momentum equation. And so we, we, kind of took a turn in this conversation and we were reflecting on how everybody has their own equation for momentum. And the two examples that I gave of rest and attitude are absolutely part of my equation. So the following day, I shared with them that thinking about when things are hard for me, when consistency feels hard, when when I'm struggling, reflecting on those times compared to when things are easy, I can tell you what I believe my equation for momentum is. And everybody's will be different. So I shared that consistency over time not just consistency, but consistency over time, multiplied by attitude, that total added to a combination of results plus rest plus preparation equals momentum. I'm going to say that again. For me, I think 
my personal equation for momentum based on what it looks like when I'm struggling and what it looks like when I'm feeling in the flow. And this is true of work, food, money, business. Consistency over time multiplied by attitude plus, you know, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally, in parentheses, the combination of attitude, results, rest, and preparation equals momentum. So let's break that down. I'm not in momentum if I don't have some historical progress with consistency. So if I'm just crushing it today or even crushing it today and tomorrow, that's not momentum. I need to be consistent over a period of days, weeks, months. The longer the time, the more momentum I have. Consistency over time. Multiplied by attitude. Attitude has a multiplicative effect, an exponential effect. When we add something, that's not going to increase its effect as much as if we multiply it. And for me, am I positive? Am I enthusiastic? Am I focusing on all the reasons I want to do it versus all the reasons I don't? If I have a good attitude versus a bad attitude, an excited attitude versus a dread attitude, that has a multiplicative effect on my momentum. So we've got consistency over time multiplied by attitude. And then we add to that a combination total of results, rest, and preparation. So if I'm busting my butt, I've got a good attitude, but I'm not seeing results, I'm probably not in momentum. I might not be discouraged, but I'm not in momentum. The results piece, progress at work, progress with weight loss, getting stronger in the gym, the results matter. Then there's the rest piece. I already talked about that. If I'm not well rested, it doesn't mean I can't be in momentum but that I will experience more momentum, get into momentum faster, stay in it longer if I'm not dead tired. Everything feels harder for me personally when I'm tired. And then the other total in there, results, rest, the third is preparation. If I'm not prepared, another word that I would use there kind of interchangeably is organized, then I'm probably not going to be in momentum. I can grind it out. I can push through it. But that sum total of results, rest, and preparation make momentum easier. The reason I love this is because if and when I'm struggling, I can look at where's the issue here. It could be with one of these variables. It could be with all of these variables. And I'll give you an example. Consistency with food has been harder for me in pregnancy not just this pregnancy, across the board. And I think there are a lot of factors for that. One of them is I'm a lot more tired when I'm pregnant. Not only because I'm growing humans, but I do not sleep well when I'm pregnant. I, I am up, ten, no exaggeration, 10 to 20 times a night to go to the bathroom. I'm changing positions. It takes me longer to fall asleep. I'm, I don't get into as much deep sleep. So... One of the reasons that I struggle more in pregnancy is because I'm tired. Well, if I'm looking at, all right, I really want to be more consistent with food. 
where are the variables that I'm struggling with here? I can look at what needs to change in my day so that I can get to bed earlier, or I can take a nap in the day, or even if I'm not sleeping, that I can build in more time for rest because I know that if I'm more rested, food choices get easier. Or maybe I see, you know what, I haven't been doing crap for preparation. This is why when I found out I was pregnant again, I went back to what I had done for maybe a couple of months after Roman was born, and I order some pre-prepared foods, not all of my meals, but it more or less takes care of lunches and some dinners and snacks because I get steak cooked, chicken cooked, sweet potatoes cooked. And then sometimes I get this, um, the only thing that I do as like a meal, not just a bulk item, is this broccoli, chicken, cauliflower, rice kind of stir fry that it's small. It's not like satisfying for me for a meal, especially pregnant with twins, but it's a really, really great holdover uh, or addition to a meal. That is the preparation piece. Maybe for you, it's just that you haven't been consistent over a long enough time and that encourages you to kind of stay the course. Or there could be other variables for you. But when I look at a moment in time where I'm feeling discouraged, like I just haven't been as consistent with nutrition or I haven't been as consistent with work, I can say, all right, is it an attitude thing? Is it a results thing? See, that's one of the reasons that I think I struggle a little bit more during pregnancy. Results is part of my equation for momentum. This might not be your equation for momentum, but it's like, well, my weight is going up, so... When I'm in a weight loss phase, it's a lot easier to be consistent. It's a lot easier to be in momentum because the results are very clear and I don't want to be gaining weight. (laughs) When I'm pregnant, that's a different thing. So I can come up with a different metric of result that I'm going after. That could be blood sugar. That's a great one for me because I have a at-home blood sugar monitor. And so it could be that I'm working to keep my blood sugar under 110 100% of the time, even 30 minutes an hour after a meal. I'm looking to keep my fasting blood sugar under 86. You know, those are numbers that I know for me are reflective of being consistent with nutrition. So maybe I just need to change what the result is because I had removed it from the equation altogether when the result was just weight loss or weight maintenance. I wanted to share with you uh, another equation that somebody shared because again, my equation is not your equation, but we can look at ourselves in real time or even looking back on our past successes and struggles to guess what we think ours is. So i I probably should write this out in the show description because me reading it can be tricky um, in terms of like the order of operations, what's in parentheses, etc. What somebody else shared was their formula for momentum is discipline times, and then in parentheses, the sum of journaling plus choice plus action minus drama. I like that. I'm going to say it again. Discipline times, and then in parentheses, added together, journaling plus choice plus action, all of that minus drama. So when this person is executing with discipline and then journaling, making good choices, right, being in action and free from 
drama, judgment, all of those kinds of things, they're in momentum. So if they're struggling, am I showing up with discipline? Am I journaling regularly? How dramatic am I being? Am I freaking out over things that don't need to be freaked out about? That having that equation allows you to troubleshoot instead of being in this very frustrating place that I think most of us can relate to where it's like, why? I was doing so well and now I feel like I'm on the struggle bus. What's going on? So I think the formula piece is one way to go about it. You might think, I'm new to all of this. I don't know what my formula is. That's cool. Maybe you can start with mine or maybe you don't need one at all. What I want to do today is from here, share with you five things that I do when I'm struggling with consistency. Because again, I have been struggling with consistency, not just with the food side of things, which is harder for me when I'm pregnant, but also the work side of things. I have not been in flow or routine since Dagny was born in March of 2020, because (laughs) right when I find a routine with Roman, something changes. His nap schedule changes. Chris's work schedule changes. And for someone like me who really loves predictable routine, it's tricky. I got to a place where I was like, okay, you know, we have a babysitter. She was coming very regularly. Then she decided she was getting married and not working anymore. And then Roman went from two naps to one nap. And all of these different variables change that have made it tougher, not impossible, but tougher for me to be consistent with work. So here are five things that I do to respond to that, to not stay in the place of like, this sucks. I was in such a good place. And then you start playing games. At least I do. Like, am I ever going to get back to that place of discipline? Blah, blah, blah. The first one is set a smaller goal, lower the target, simplify, And I know that this makes a lot of people uncomfortable because it's like, well, isn't that letting me off the hook? And to that, I would say, the only way you'll know is if it's working. Let me give you an example. When I started this pregnancy, I had a goal to indulge just twice a month. So whether that was going out for ice cream or having fries with my burger, indulging twice a month, right? Not binging, but indulging in a way that I still feel really good afterwards. Well, I wasn't hitting the target. I was probably indulging more like twice a week, all right? So one of the strategies that I take is, you know what, we're not going to shoot for twice a month right now. We're going to shoot for once a week right now because that would be an improvement. If I'm currently at a place where realistically I'm indulging a couple times a week, I'm going to go for once a week. And I apologize if you can hear the vacuum in the background. The cleaning lady showed up, but we are going to keep on rolling. When I ask myself, well, is that just letting myself off the hook? The question I turn to is, is it working? If that helps me get from indulging twice a week to once a week, I'm not off the hook. I'm making progress. Now, If I said to myself, well, the new target is twice a week, well, that's not any improvement, right? That's that's where I'm at right now, and I'm not feeling good about my consistency. So maybe that would be letting myself off the hook because it's not seeking any progress. 
If you're indulging every day and you're like, well, that's the new standard then, indulge every day. Well, if your goal is progress, then establish a standard that reflects progress. Let me think of another one here. Uh, Let's say that you are working on a launch for your career, for your work. I, you know, go through this all the time for myself and my launches. And you wanted to bring in 30 new customers this month. And you're you're 70% of the way through the month and you're 10% of the way to the goal, right? So (laughs) you're looking to get 90% of the goal in 30% of the time. Well, if you are struggling with that, then I think it's perfectly okay to adjust the goal to say, you know what? I would like to get to 20% of where I initially intended. And that means that I'm doubling where I'm at now in the next two weeks, one week, however much time is left, right? If you're 70% of the way there, maybe about to get a week or so left. Is that letting you off the hook? I don't know. If it's progress from where you're at, I tend to say, no, it's not. This is not a strategy that I take when everything is going well and I'm just looking to be indulgent or I'm looking to be lazy or I'm looking to make an excuse. This is a strategy that I use when I'm really struggling with consistency. You know, I, I have to do this often when, let's say, one of my objectives in all of my pregnancies, Dagny Rowe, the twins, uh, has been to get three months ahead in podcast recordings before the kids are born so that I essentially don't have to record for three months after they arrive ish. Cause you know, I still want to be a little ahead. So maybe I start recording around two months, but anyway, I always set a plan. For example, if the twins are going to be, uh, born in the beginning of October, then I would love to have all of the podcasts recorded by the end of August so that I have, you know, September as like a buffer month. Well, if I'm really struggling with getting those episodes done, maybe I'm going to use the first two weeks of that buffer month. Should I push harder and just grit it out to get done by the end of September or the end of August? Maybe. But if I'm struggling because of a bar that I set, I'd rather adjust the bar and keep making forward progress than continue to struggle and be miserable because I'm not hitting a goal that I set myself. So one of the first things I do when I'm struggling with consistency is I just simplify. I adjust the goal. And when I have those thoughts of like, am I just letting myself off the hook? I ask, am I making progress? The second thing that I do when I'm struggling with consistency is I go back to episode 903, the concept in episode 903. If you haven't listened to it or you haven't listened to it recently, go back to it. But the concept in episode 903 was essentially have many reasons, make them strong, revisit them often. Just, I don't know, a couple months ago, I was doing a one-on-one consistency coaching that I do weekly inside the consistency course. And somebody said, tell me what you do, Elizabeth. 
when you have those I don't care moments. Because those moments of like, I don't even care. I don't even care. They're a root of inconsistency. And I shared very honestly, this this whole segment is uh, available in the consistency course because I make the coaching live for everybody. And I just don't use people's names and whatnot so that it's not uh, identifying. I said, those I don't care moments, I don't care if I said I was going to get this done. I don't care if I said I was going to work out. I don't care if I don't want to gain weight. I don't care if I want to eat healthy. I said, I don't have those like every once in a while, a few times a month. I have them multiple times a day. I don't care that I said I was going to record two podcasts today. I don't care that I said I wasn't going to have sugar today. I can do it tomorrow. And I, in, in response to her question, okay, Elizabeth, but like, what do you do in those moments? I have many reasons and they're strong reasons. And I revisit them often because here's the deal. When I say, I don't care that I said I wasn't going to have sugar today. I mean it. In that moment, I don't care. But that's not the whole truth. Because the fact of the matter is, I do care. If I didn't care, then I wouldn't have the desire to be consistent. Or I wouldn't have the desire to be fit or lean or productive or any number of other things, right? What's happening there is that I'm just not focusing on all the reasons that I do care. I'm just telling this emotional corner of the truth. And so in every aspect of my life where consistency matters to me, and look, there's not a ton of them. If I'm inconsistent with my laundry, whatever, it's not very important to me. It's not something that I'm like actively trying to work on right now. Sure, there will be a season for that. I'm not in it. But it really matters to me that I'm consistent in my work. It really matters that I'm consistent with improving my financial situation. It really matters to me that I'm consistent with movement, with personal development, and with nutrition. That's not an exhaustive list, but like those are the, those are the, the big, 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 big ones uh, that I'm working on actively. When I say, I don't care. I don't care. I'll care tomorrow. I'm not telling the whole truth. I'm telling just an immature, permissive piece of the truth. And so I, I share this very, very often with my clients. I share this very often on the podcast, especially the Saturday shows when it comes up in response to questions. Do I want ice cream today? Absolutely. Do I want to feel how I feel after ice cream? Nope. Do I want to be the kind of person who says, I don't care, or screw it, I blew it, or I'll start tomorrow? No. Do I want the life that that gets me? No. Do I want to be that kind of role model for my kids? No. Do I want my kids to make decisions or think that way? No. And as I focus on my many reasons, my many strong reasons, and I revisit them often, it's like, yeah, you know what? I do want ice cream for sure. It'd be amazing. But there's a lot of other things I want too that deserve equal consideration in this situation. So episode 903 is a huge, huge piece of the puzzle when it comes to your response when you're struggling with consistency. The third thing, very objectively, 
I look at what's in the way. Okay, I'm struggling with consistency. I shared with you guys in pregnancy, the nutrition consistency piece is just harder for me. So I look at objectively, okay, what is in the way? What is blocking my nutritional consistency right now? Overindulging? All right. No big deal. No judgment, no drama. I don't need to spend all sorts of time and energy and how I feel about the problem. What's the improvement that I could make today? If I'm struggling for consistency in work, very calmly, very objectively, what's getting in the way? Getting distracted on social media or putting it off until later in the day. I absolutely could have spent an hour working during Roman's nap, but instead I was listening to a podcast or I was sitting on the couch scrolling through Pinterest or Instagram. All right. So there's a series of distractions. What's an improvement that I can make today? Well, today I can sit down at my desk and work for 25 minutes. And after 25 minutes, I get the rest of the time of Roman's nap to do whatever the hell I want. That's an improvement for today. No drama, right? What's in the way? A lot of times when people ask this question, they get into this like whole pity party, circumstantial justification. Nope, we're just being really objective. What's in the way of my nutritional consistency? It's not like... Well, I'm exhausted and I've got all these cravings and it's just um, at this point in my pregnancy where I can't. No, overindulging. It doesn't matter all the reasons, the stories, the nope, 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 nope. Just that's what it is. Okay. Was well, there an improvement I could make today? Yeah. Today I'm not going to have an ice cream sandwich. Yeah. Between now and the end of the day, I'm just not doing sugar. Objective drama-free, what is the improvement that I can make today after I ask and objectively answer what's in the way? A couple more. These are tools you can use when you're struggling with consistency. Tell somebody else your goal. Hold yourself publicly accountable. I don't care to whom. I don't care if it's to a trainer that you hire, to a coach that you hire, to a group that you're a part of, to some friends that you're in a text group with, or all of the above. But a lot of times we struggle with consistency because we're on a journey that only we know about. Tell other people, I always do this when I'm struggling nutritionally, as I tell my husband and I tell a couple of my girlfriends, like, this is the struggle. This is what I'm doing for today. And I'm not even asking them to like check in. Hey, how'd you do? Did you do it? No, no, no. I mean, if that helps you, do it. But it's really just about putting it out there and not keeping it a secret because the shame that can grow when we hide, when we feel disappointed, when we feel like we're embarrassed by it, put it out there. Share it. I've been super distracted. Haven't been getting my work done when I want to. Haven't been using my time well. I am, you know, implementing this new work block system. I'm going to give it a shot. I just wanted to let you know because I feel like if I don't put it out there, the struggle is more likely to continue. Tell somebody else. If you need to hire a trainer, hire a coach, do it because the cost of your inconsistency is a lot greater than the cost of a trainer or a coach or a group or whatever else it is. Invest in your success because that is what's determining the rest of your life. 
invest in your success. Consistency course. Think about it. Like I said, I do coaching in there every week. The last one, check in daily. Don't just have this general, looming, vague sense that I need to be more consistent. Have clarity and be really tethered to the goal, meaning you're thinking about it daily, you're checking in with yourself daily, you're being honest with your progress and your execution daily. I do this in a few different ways. The Changemakers Journal is a big one because I'm writing down what my objectives are, what I got done for that day. I'm writing down my work tasks. I'm writing down what I ate. I also write my goals daily. The statistics on this are super, super clear. The research is very clear. We're about twice as likely to achieve our goals if we write them down daily. (laughs) Hello, if that's the case, why would you not? If you can do something as simple as writing down your goals every single day and it makes you almost twice as likely to achieve them, why would you not? But so often, we're kind of thinking about it on a Sunday and a Monday and then like Thursday and Friday roll around and we don't think about it. And then Sunday comes back around and we're disappointed in ourselves. You don't have to be perfect. Perfect isn't even a thing. But I do believe you need to check in daily with what you want and what action steps you're taking. Your progress, you have to be eyes wide open. You have to be. I don't care if you use the Change Makers Journal or you use a blank journal. I don't care if you write down your goals every day on your laptop or you email yourself or you write them in a blank notebook. I don't care. But you need to be tethered to what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go. I know this is true for me. Like I can set a business goal, but if I'm not touching base with that goal every day, if I'm not touching base every day with what I'm going to do on that day to make progress, I'm not going to get there because I'm going to think about it every few days and I'm going to have plans and intentions, but that's entirely different than having it top of mind and taking action every day. And also give some serious thought to what you think your formula for momentum or your formula for consistency is. Start with mine. Start with the other one that I shared. Start with something. And I'd love to know which of these tips resonates the most with you or if there's something else that you do that really helps you when you're in a period where you're not as consistent. All right, y'all. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.